0: So he's like trying to take a picture. He's like, hey, let me get a picture. And he's like, wait, move a little bit to the left. Move a little bit more. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you making me move to the left? And he takes the picture and he shows me that it just says Fat Boy right behind my my face.
1: (laughs) Hello everybody and welcome to Friday Flagship number 48 on the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Michael Locky, and I'm finally joined again by my two co-hosts, who I've not spoken to in quite a while. Brent Philbin,
0: what is up? Oh, I should have said. And Kareem Baruque, Swati
2: Cup. Yeah, I fucked that up. That was that was the right play. Well, you know, positional advantage, my friend. <laughs> positional so, advantage. Uh, this flagship's
1: going to be a little bit different. It's
2: not a flagship. Uh, <laughs>
1: rather than talking about the news. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the nonsense that went on in our cryptocurrency space. Namely, uh, my two co-hosts are currently live from Thailand. What's up, guys?
0: Yep, we are we are in a rooftop oasis at our at our place of residence in Thailand. It is uh you know there's some there's some plants and some canopy
2: chairs and bar and that's where we're at okay well that part's not as interesting as the fact that we're in Bangkok Beyond Blocks uh, just finished up it was pretty incredible Uh, we got to meet a bunch of people Uh, you know uh, there's a couple of highlights there of course we got to meet Charles Hoskinson um, and uh, Jeremy Wood from IOHK Um, we got to do a couple of fun panels which I'm sure we're going to be able to link uh, once those YouTube videos are out Brent did one on um, scalability. That ended up being about governance. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, we did a mass adoption. I uh, got some networks. Mike, you're going to be happy to know that we're bringing back some business cards for some good interviews in the future. So um, it's going to be overall a pretty fruitful trip. Yep.
0: So just in case you're wondering, Flagship Friday this weekend is literally going to be us talking about ourselves. So if you're looking for crypto news, might be time to eject right now. We're, we are going to be talking about what we're doing, why we're doing it, or what we did, why we did it, and all that jazz.
1: Awesome. So, I don't even know where to start. I think, Brent, you had the first panel, right? You were were first up, and Kareem was after you? That was the... Where do you want to start? I have no idea.
0: All right, I'll start at the beginning, and then you can ask us questions along the way. So, for those that didn't hear the episode, this was a pretty last-minute thing when we talked about going on. So, the the first panel that I was doing was a panel on stablecoins, which I'm familiar with, and STOs, which I know... Almost nothing about. Can you explain what STO means, Brent? Uh, The STO being the security token offerings that are popping up here and there. They're kind of trying to supplant ICOs, but they're also very different. And that panel was kind of even more last minute than the entire trip. Basically, we're getting on the flight and the organizers are like, guys, somebody dropped out and we we need some help. Um, We need you to do one more panel. It's on this. And as we're getting on the first flight, I say, like, well, I can do it, but I have no preparation. I don't know anything about any of the people.
2: I'm going to stop you real quick, Brian, just to give the audience a little bit of perspective, right? When you're being asked to moderate one of these panels, you have to think about it this way. You have a specific topic and you have four, three or four different, you know, kind of experts Experts. in their field. You have developers, you have founders of projects, you have people that are really, like, Working hands on. So, if you want to have a stimulating discussion, you have to go read about their background to understand their experience. You have to formulate some good questions. You have to like prepare for, you know, where are you going to take the conversation if it stalls? So, we spent a good amount of time trying to prepare for the panels that we already had arranged, which is why this last minute, like, hey, Brent, can you just randomly yeah, moderate I, I this guess. panel? <laughs>
1: I guess that was going to be my next question. Was like, uh, like, what, what was your, what was it even like to have to decide? Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts going into what debating a panel is going to be like?
0: Well, we did, we did a lot of you know research online to make sure we knew what we were doing, and we watched some people who did a really bad job as moderators, and we watched people who did a really good job as moderators, and we're hoping that we would be the, the the ones who are doing the good job rather than the ones who are doing the bad job. Uh, yeah. there, there were some there were some really poor panels out there. The setup was really nice and conducive to making it easier and make you feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so I, I go ahead and say, look, I'm not ready for this, but if you want me to do it and you don't have another option, I'm in. I'm a team player. So they're like, yeah, we need you. So my first ever moderation panel at one of the biggest conferences in crypto with some of the biggest names is me
2: coming in completely cold with nothing but my wits. Well, your wits and and a little bit extra, I was going to say, he didn't get a chance, obviously, to research the specifics of the panel. So he he didn't have time to research all the members and the topic, but he was very diligent. Uh, He had already done the research on how to do good moderating in general, right? So you start learning about what kind of techniques are good for the babe. Like, you know, maybe some things that you wouldn't expect. For example, somebody like myself wouldn't have thought that – a conflict is something that you want to encourage. But actually, the the more we've uh, researched, it turns out that, no, you do want, you know, you want some disagreement on the panel. You want engagement. You want, like, spirited debate. Uh, so, I mean, and Brent definitely got that. But we'll get to it.
0: Yes. Uh, that It was – we, we did find out that we wanted some differing opinions. We also found out we should be cutting people off if given, you know, if they're if they're going on too long, and uh, that that didn't really come up too much, except for the one except for the one piece. I also got pretty lucky to meet all my panelists beforehand, and we all had a a very good rapport up to and including the. um, Yeah, that
1: that seems like it would help a lot.
0: Yeah, the person who ends up with the conflict at the end, he specifically told me before we get on stage. Listen. If somebody has an issue with something I say, I want you to let me uh, let me go. Like I I don't mind. N- nobody can say anything that's going to ever upset me.
2: <laughs> so I like that attitude.
0: Yeah, it's it, which yeah, it was a great attitude to have, and it definitely reared its head pretty quickly. So like I said, the panel was was about STOs and stablecoins, and he made a uh, a statement. Which before I say the statement, I will say that I think this what did not represent his actual position. It was just something that he said while he was while he was on stage. Because we actually did an interview with him afterwards, and it was completely, you know, it was a completely different vibe. It was
2: he, more nuanced. He had more yeah. chance to explain his position, but his opening statement was a little strong.
0: Yeah. So, on stage, he said, uh, Tether is 100% backed. I know this for a fact. And the only people that don't think so are internet trolls.
2: <laughs> Whoa. Yes, woe is correct, and the audience felt the same way, Mike. So, so that I mean, happens. I,
1: I am very okay being an internet troll. I'm fine putting me in that category, but there's a lot of other people that I know that are not in that category.
2: Yeah. No. Well. <laughs> So uh, Brent has this great moment where – so I'm watching in the audience, right? I'm over here taking notes, again, taking advantage of my positional advantage. You know what I'm saying, Mike. (laughs) Uh, Watching Brent do his thing. And then this guy says something and I'm like, oh, my God, Brent's about to go crazy on him. And Brent doesn't say anything. And I'm just sitting there like, wait, is Brent going to let him get away with saying that? But he was actually just letting the conversation flow. So, you know, somebody responds, da-da-da, it's all going back. And then eventually Brent's like, all right, all right, so – before, before we move on, <laughs> and then he just looks at the audience and he's like, um, can everybody uh, raise your hand if you believe Tether's fully backed? Mike, out of, let's say, 150 people in the room, maybe, how many people do you think raised their hand? <laughs> um, out of 150, I am going to say like 10. That would have been pretty close to my guess. Yeah. We would have both been wrong. It was actual zero.
0: There wasn't a single person whose hand went up in the entire room for, does anyone think that Tether is, who thinks Tether is 100% backed? We didn't get a single solitary, not even like a halfway hand, where they kind of like put it up and then saw nobody else had their hand up and then put it down and they're like, oh, okay, I should, no. Nobody even tried. Which, of course, means that the audience was full of internet trolls. Yeah, I don't know how we found only internet trolls for that audience, but. uh. (laughs) Uh,
2: So then they get to the Q&A section, which is also a lot of fun. We realized
0: Mike was on the wrong mic there, but we we caught it. Only ten minutes in the episode, so not too bad.
1: Mike dropped.
0: Uh, oh. So many so many mic puns. All right, so uh, I don't remember exactly. We where were about we were. to go into the Q and A. Oh, we're okay. So we were talking to yeah. So we had we, we had done the audience poll, and the audience was clearly and you know anti. All right, you know, hold on. Legal. So I,
1: I'm going to stop you. So I so so you let the whole. Panel finish?
0: No, no, no. I did. Say, so we skipped over some stuff for ease. But at the time I, I had asked I had asked Sam, his name was Sam, Sam Bankman fried And I said, hey, listen, you know, I, I think that uh, you said Tether's 100 percent backed. I'm not sure that everyone agrees with that position. What makes you think that that is that that's accurate? And what he said was he was privy to some information that he from some people that obviously didn't want to be known. And Tether was having issues.
2: So I'm going to jump in real quick because I think this part is important and it's crucial to the argument that the person who's going to debate Sam on the show is going to make. He didn't just say that he was privy to some information, but he said that basically he knew Tether was backed because he spoke to auditors that had audited Tether and then they just decided not to go public with that audit because uh, their companies didn't want to be associated with Tether. And of course, there's multiple problems there. And one of the, one of the points that uh, we'll eventually get to, uh, the guy Steve who asked the question, is auditors don't just talk about other people. That's like that's like saying that you went to someone's lawyer and you talked about their personal case, or that you went to someone's doctor and they were just telling you, "Oh yeah, no, he doesn't have you know." Her right, face. right. Blah blah blah. Yeah, like, my my doctor
1: works, told you know? them uh, who all my HIV you know patients were. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so anyway, the audience questions come up and. Because of that interaction and because of the question that I just asked from from the audience, there, there's a there's a person in the audience. His name is Steve. Now apparently, now we ended up you know, we, we have an interview coming with him, and we ended up being you know friendly with him the rest of the weekend. So he's a good guy. He's
2: a funny, very funny guy, very direct,
0: but very uh, aggressive. The organizer of the of the event is standing next to Kareem when he sees the hand raise, <laughs> and I'm about to call on the guy, and he goes, "Oh fuck, that's Steve." <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, because uh, I'm over here on like the side of the audience. Basically, uh, myself, Charles, and Jeremy are going on right after Brent's panel. So we're like in the mic up area, and the organizers over there, you know, basically saying thank you to Charles for coming on and blah blah blah. And then this whole drama is happening, and somebody raises their hand, and Brent's like, "Yeah, you." And as the guy stands up. The the organizer turns to and He's like, "Oh no no no! That's the oh not Steve! Not Steve! Not Steve!" Oh! And then he it's like he saw it coming a hundred percent. He knew that it was about to blow up. Right. So so Steve
0: has very aggressive questions. You know, he's you can see these if you actually want to take a look at it in real time. But basically, he just gets into a a word war with with Sam. If you end up watching this video from the conference, you will see them yelling or kind of. Talking aggressively back and forth, and then whenever you see me on the camera, I'm smiling because
1: you love I'm enjoying it.
0: This. I, I love it. Look, I love. I love when somebody challenges. I thought that it was really entertaining for the audience, and uh, it they were both making valid points. And like I said, we are going to hear from both of them <laughs> on the show shortly. So, so
1: I want to I want to stop you for a second, real quick. When Kareem was explaining about <clears throat> how you guys should be encouraging friction inside the debate. I instantly imagined Brent like giggling and like rubbing his hands together. And he's like, all right. And then he's like, all he's looking for is like pressure points on people.
2: (laughs) That's pretty much exactly uh, correct. Your visualizations of Brent are on point. Yep. So,
0: so one of the co-panelists was kind of like, he kept, like, tapping me on on my side, saying, like, yo, what are you doing? You got you to gotta put a stop to this. You got to let this end. And I'm trying, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, no, I have to let this go. I got to let this go a
2: little bit longer. And I and wish I, I could remember the wording of Steve's question, though, because he was, like, really in his face. He's like, how could you possibly say that? Or how can you seriously, like, oh, we're just supposed to believe no, he it? Said, what, what auditor did you talk to? Oh, yes, yes. Are you willing to say the auditor? Like, what auditor? And the guy was like, well, no, because they don't want to be known. And he was just basically, you know, Steve's position was basically like, why are you going to make a comment like that if you can't back it up, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: So, so end result is I let them go back and forth for a little bit until it gets repetitive. And then uh, we cut them off. Obviously, there are no audience follow up questions. So this is also like your
1: first panel. That that was That's what? like the first part of your first panel.
0: That, that was the end of my first panel. So, yeah, the, the the first panel I ever moderated, I had to have, like, a life-and-death decision as to whether to let the guy keep going or stop them, and uh, I think I gave it the right amount of time. Yeah,
2: I agree. I agree. I think Brent did a pretty good job on that.
0: Look, Brent's so a natural for that. this role. Yeah, I agreed. I ended that panel knowing that Kareem was coming on after me, and I was like, "All right, well, we're done here. Uh, your next panel will be moderated by my more attractive and but
2: uh, more well-spoken co-host." And, <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, what an intro!" Which is
0: when Charles, yeah, yeah, you know, mentioned your beard.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Charles uh, liked my beard, so that's basically the highlight of my life at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. So we go on. Um, the talk with Charles and Jeremy was really interesting. Basically, for those of you that don't know, Jeremy is the co-founder of IOHK. But of course, Charles is the face of IOHK. He's the one going around and all this stuff. So Jeremy handles like operations. Um, And this is apparently the first time that they asked him to speak. And Charles even mentioned how he's been to over 30 countries, done all these conferences. And this is the very first time that he um, got a chance to speak with Jeremy. So uh, the the fireside with Charles was a little bit, uh, Charles in Germany was shorter. Like the panels were about 45 minutes. Um, this, the fireside was scheduled to be 30 minutes. It was also right before lunch. So I don't want to take, you know, we we're kind of on a good time. And my goal there was just basically, you know, Charles is Charles. So I knew that I could just say hi. And then he would just go and say like 17 awesome things. So I wasn't worried about that. My focus was really making sure that, I got Jeremy involved, you know, cuz I wanted to hear from him. Yeah. like if it's a unique spot. Um, <clears> but yeah, that one was that one went pretty smooth, man. You know, it's obviously no conflict on that one. They're both there representing yeah. IOHK. Um, they were they talked about Yeah, Kareem's interview his idol values. trying
1: to cause conflict with his partner.
2: Yeah, yeah, Brent, yeah. <laughs> Brent, Brent was like Oh you gotta get some You gotta get some Conflict in there da, da, da. And I'm like Yeah I'm not gonna Try to get Zero percent That's not gonna happen Zero percent Yeah I feel
0: like So one of the Conversations that Stuck out with me With Jeremy in the back Was we both Really hate Carbonated water <laughs> And uh, I feel like If Charles liked Carbonated water There was some definite conflict that could have been brought to the stage there.
2: Hard-hitting questions over here. Yes. I, I don't know how I missed that. Um, but anyway, uh, the conversation went pretty good. We talked, like I said, uh, it was mostly questions about Can IOHK's philosophy. Up? Yeah, uh, mostly questions about IOHK's philosophy. Um, you know, why they decide to... Um, you know, like why their peer review process, their uh, expansion process. I mean, again, we're going to link uh, to these what videos about any of the once, new stuff? They, once Beyond Blocks releases. We actually didn't talk about any of the new stuff, Mike, because it wasn't so much project specific. It was more about, like, IOHK and the vision uh, and the future oh, of Oh, you space. were giving Jeremy so a lip because he
1: was his first time speaking?
2: No, no. I was Actually, what's funny, there's one question in particular that I specifically addressed to Jeremy. And he took like 2.3 seconds before he opened his mouth, which was just enough time for Charles to jump in and start taking over. (laughs) So after Charles gives like this awesome answer, I had to turn to Jeremy and be like, Jeremy, I want to hear from you uh, on this, you know, like I'm going to make it talk. I told him while we were in the break room that I was going to do that. And afterwards he's like, I don't understand. Why didn't you just let Charles do all the talking? (laughs) I mean, he's kidding, of course, you know, Uh, but it was, it was good. It was, it was a lot of fun.
1: Super, super cool. So uh, so that was day one of – or that was the first um, conference day?
2: That was the first half of day one. So yeah, I still had one more panel to go on day one.
1: So uh, are Brent's there any stories from the – did you make it day the day. night before or any other stuff leading up?
0: The night before was actually super cool. It, we went to this restaurant uh, that was for like all the speakers and the sponsors and stuff. And it was – it was called something in Thai that meant Castle of Fireflies, so like Watt Fireflies or whatever. And the we were standing there. Me and Kareem were standing there. We had just finished talking to somebody, and one of the people that works there comes up to just us.
2: We weren't finished talking to somebody, by the way. We were, like, in the middle of a group of, like, five oh, yeah, people we were. talking. We were still talking to people. And then, some, uh, like, one of the staff members just comes up to us and, like... Puts his hand on each of our shoulders. And just starts, like, pulling us away, basically being like, you come this way and and he's like firefire room we're going to go to the fire, fire room and i'm like what what is going on and he's
0: like ushering us away we get to some other guy who works there and he's like ah 500 bot entry fee and we're like what and he's like haha just kidding and we're like i think they figured it out they figured out we weren't supposed to be here they we're about to get kicked out we're we're above our pay grade and uh, we're going to get kicked out so and then they put us in this room that's pitch black but in the middle of the room, it almost looks like like fake lights are being going around. But what it was was a pitch black room with fireflies lighting up like a little forest area, and it was like absolutely insane once you realized what was going on—that you were just watching a bunch of fireflies—and
2: it was, yeah, it was super trippy. And then the sickest part, Mike, is they explained to us that they they basically re- redo concepts so. I, I didn't understand if it's like the life cycle or the mating season or whatever, but basically there's a period of time while the fireflights do this dance and they light up and all this stuff. And then it, they stop after 18 months. So after the 18 months are up, they close the restaurant, eliminate the concept, and they don't open again for months later until they come up with a new concept. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah.
0: The restaurant dies with the fireflies.
2: The food was fantastic. Um, we we were we started with drinking some kind of like champagne with blueberry puree. It was yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, then we found beer, so that
0: was, that was yep. much better.
2: Uh yeah, and then and then that's where we started meeting people, you know. Um, so it was basically every it's it's funny, you know, because all these people came walking up to you and introducing themselves. They're all networking. They're all hoping to meet important people, <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, oh, oh, hey, you guys are here. Oh, what are you what are you oh, guys your do? your speakers. Oh, yeah, oh. I just you know we we run a uh, multi-million dollar investment fund, and we incubate crypto projects in Seoul and Tokyo. Uh, what about you guys? Oh um, uh, we record ourselves talking sometimes, <laughs> and here we are.
1: <laughs> For a couple guys <laughs> telling some jokes.
2: Yeah, basically. But it was cool. Again, opportunity to meet people. Um, yeah, that was that was the night before. That was like the pre-party. Yep, yep. And then they
0: had like they had a little uh little party with at like a beer a beer garden place that was at the hotel that we were at the next night. And then I only had I only had one panel the next day.
2: Went off pretty smoothly. Well, uh, let me uh, let me finish off the first day with the, my last panel, and then we'll get to you. Oh already. yeah. So after launch and all that, I had one more panel, uh, which was on mass adoption. And I actually made a mistake, unfortunately, with my moderating. I think for the most part it went pretty smooth. But so what happened was Brent's. I saw Brent's panel. Um, there were like questions, obviously, and it was heated, heated exchange. And it's like it went a little bit over time. And then when I was on with uh, Charles and Jeremy, same thing. It, we went way over time because people had questions, you know. So I go into this panel thinking, okay, I have 45 minutes. I'm going to make sure that I leave 10 minutes for audience questions. And I even tell the audience that I'm going to leave 10 minutes for audience questions so that they could be ready to have questions. And so I, like, kind of structured the panel in such a way that I have that much time left. And then when we got to 10 minutes, nobody had a question. So I was like, oh, fuck. Now, I got to find a way to kill 10 minutes, and I've already asked all my questions. So, there was a little bit of like awkward pause here and there, but overall, it still went pretty smooth.
1: Brent, is that your interpretation of that story?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. Look, it was uh, th- there was no conflict. There was that panel was really nice to each other, so the audience didn't have like a huge reason to get in unless they really wanted to know something about uh, the mass adoption concepts that were spoken. And we realized we like afterwards we talked about that and we're like, you know what, we need to spend less time for audience questions. Maybe poll the audience more. Maybe do that kind of thing. So
2: like five minutes would have been more appropriate. You know yeah. what I
0: mean? Yep. So I had a, I had a plant in my next panel. So on the next day when we finished. Kareem made sure to ask a question so that I wasn't left hanging. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there wasn't too, there wasn't too much conflict in our panel. Um, there was a. What did you tell me
2: What your panel was about? That
0: uh, yeah my say? my second my second panel on the second day was about um, was about scalability. And what ended up happening is they somebody said at first. They decided governance was really important to scalability, and then it just kind of morphed into talking about the different governance models and reasons behind that. And it's kind of my job to, to ring it back in there and make it more about scalability. But
1: You're more time, interested in governance.
0: <laughs> I, I am more interested in governance. Sure. And it was when the panel begun and we were talking about scalability, it was boring. And then right. once these guys got going on their their differing opinions on uh, on governance – it got really interesting. So it was another one of those spots where do I let this just go
2: or? What was interesting, Mike, though, to be fair, is that. I don't want to say it was boring. I was bad no, 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 interested. no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I understand what you're saying when you say that it wasn't as engaging yeah, it as when they got to the, to the governance part. But at least it wasn't like they just randomly went on to governance. It was really a debate that began trying to figure out how big of a part how big of a part of scalability is governance. You know, like. When you talk about scalability, do you have to talk about governance? Are they one and one, or are they separate things? And basically, the two members on the left of the panel uh, for Brent uh, believe that yeah, governance and scalability go hand in hand. Uh, Governance is part of scalability, whereas the right-hand side, which included Charles, they were looking at it more like, no, you know, governance. You're going to have governance problems as you scale, but really, like scalability and governance are just separate things. So it was still on topic, if that makes sense.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no. So it's basically they they took a piece of the pie of the topic, but they kind of hung on to it a little too long, possibly.
2: Yeah, but it was interesting.
1: But the, yeah, the, but the the conflict as the moderator is this is a, a very interesting, you know, side street. I think I don't know. I think you'd have to take everyone case by case. But um, as played, I like how you played it.
2: Yeah, and it, uh, Brent's trying to pretend like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I don't know if I should have brought it back. No, he was instigating the governance discussion for sure. I think he. Oh, I, well, I mean, that was one of the first yet. things I said but too. I was he, like, he, yeah, but
1: clearly you are more interested in yeah, hearing he the was, governance side.
2: A 100%. Yeah, like Brent was definitely crucial in making sure that the conversation stayed on governance. However, he did step in when it got too off the rails. They started arguing about democracies and then. One of the panelists is finally like, well, Singapore would consider itself a democracy. And then there's like a pause. And they're like, oh, OK, let's bring it back. Let's bring <laughs> it back.
1: <laughs> Done. Fucked it up.
2: Yeah. Well, whatever. I, I
0: wish I wish we could have talked about governance with that group of people for, you know, three hours straight, four hours straight, five hours straight. It was, well, uh, we it could was always cool.
1: get them back for a roundtable discussion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely we've got some great probable future. um. Interviews from this,
2: yeah, and, look, and let me say something, man. I'm not just I'm not just blowing smoke because we had the opportunity to come here. Uh, you know, obviously we're really excited about a lot of the cryptocurrency specific people that we met, but the organizers of this event, like above the rim, above the rim in the, every way, every way, like the way the event was organized. There, everybody was like incredibly friendly, understanding, engaging. Um, you know, the person who owns it, the person who actually runs it and puts it into place, his name is uh, Gabriel, and he has a background in event management. It was... You know when you see one of those people that's, like, really good at making everybody in the, in the room feel special and heard and unique, that kind of thing? Like, this guy was like that, you know? He's just, like, moving through the room, <laughs> making everybody feel good, you know? And uh, um, the 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 organization was on point, the interview, like... It was just really well organized. And obviously, we were interested in how people felt about it. So whenever we talked to people who had been to other conferences, we're getting their vibe, you know, because we're media. We're not trying to push a particular project. We're just trying to learn from everybody. And everybody that we talked to said that this was the best organized uh, cryptocurrency conference that they had been to. Yeah, which is a stark contrast to that shit that I went to in Miami.
1: <laughs> what was the name of that, by the way?
2: Ah, uh,
0: blockchain sh- blockchain shit it was, it was blockchain shift um, it
1: was that okay okay it, it, so okay. i spoke to um the girl robin who lives in west palm beach and she had asked me she said the blockchain shift was a really terrible conference and i was like man i didn't think that was it i thought he told me the name and that didn't sound right
0: yeah it was blockchain shift i, I was that was that was terrible so um what what a what a massive difference there and what one fun anecdote about uh about the owner saber he's he's listened to the show which is awesome so he knows our opinions on coin market cap uh when we've we've had some of the issues with them in the past so i was speaking with someone from coin market cap at the uh at the first party at the at, at the Firefly place,
2: who's also awesome by the way. It's, yeah, uh, Luke waxman Luke's, the, Luke's yeah. the best. He's, we we, got we ended up one.
0: being really good friends. with This guy, for Hopefully sure, he's going to be show. on the
2: show. Yeah, we're going to try to get him on the show because uh, it was it was definitely funny. He was on one of my panels as well. But continue. So
0: we're hitting it off, and what's funny is he was super reasonable about everything that we talked about. I hadn't brought up our issues with CoinMarketCap because, one, I don't know what he has to do with
2: them. What, what are your issues with CoinMarketCap? Uh, people that haven't yeah,
0: to, just to recap, I don't like the way they did the HitBTC advertisements um, and how they weren't clearly advertising. And two, I didn't like that they uh, kept the kept BitConnect ads, right? Yeah. So Saber comes over. He sees me talking to him. He, he comes into the conversation and he's like, uh, so Brett, how do you feel about uh, CoinMarketCap and HitBTC? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He
1: just throws it
2: right in there, just right under the bus. I
1: like, like that. Oh, I like yeah. it. I like a good instigator, Oh,
2: no, dude. These guys are instigators, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, Mike. You would definitely appreciate it. This guy for sure.
0: So, so yeah. So we got to we got to have that out. Interestingly, I haven't looked back. HitBTC is no longer the the one that you go to when you click buy, and it is clearly a sponsored link at this point. So that has been changed.
2: You know what? I, I'm gonna take this opportunity to say. There was something that felt really good and really um, validating about this trip because, look, the reality is the the way that we feel about it is we got lucky, right? Um, we have a decent audience, but we don't—we're not like the biggest podcast in the world. So, in a way, we just got very lucky that the organizers listened to the show and enjoyed the show and decided to invite us. But I think what really made us feel good about what we do, uh, you know, especially when you have a podcast that doesn't make any money or anything like that, is that. The message that they gave us is that they liked us and respected us because we're willing to tell the truth and because we call out scams and because when people are doing the wrong, like basically not just trying to shill for whatever project comes along or just trying to talk positively about everything so that everybody likes us, but instead they were, they were pretty adamant about the fact that we're basically there in part because we're willing to be honest and critical uh, in this space. And, you know, it's, it's something that's lacking. And I think it, like, uh, reinforces your conviction to maintain that route, you know, and say, yeah, like, our relationship is with the audience. We're not trying to get projects to come on and give us a bunch of money so we can show for them. We're trying to get people to come on and know that they can trust the information that we give them, that we're never going to try to push anything on them, and that we're just doing our best. And we're not experts and we're not, you know, the smartest guys in the room, but we're going to be honest. And, and, and to get rewarded for that is special.
1: Oh, that's such a good feeling! I'm so happy for you guys, and and, and my jealousy is is quickly uh, replaced with satisfaction and, and being proud. And um, very cool experience. I'm very excited you guys got to do that, um, Brent. What's the best food you've had since you've been there?
2: I'm gonna answer this question because oh no, oh god damn it, oh yeah, oh oh what's wrong, Brent? What's wrong? You, you embarrassed? Oh, that that little? No, I want to tell the story. So we're, <laughs> we're walking around last night. No, where were you last I'm night? I'm to Tell the story. No, right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Brent start telling the story, and then I'm gonna rudely interrupt him when he starts lying about how right. We I got. Go ahead. So <laughs> so we're walking
0: around last night. We're we're kind of like. Walking past, we're walking past street food and we're... We're looking
2: for street food, Mike. The yes. plan was to go look for street food. That, what we were told is, when you're in Thailand, the street food is amazing. So we're walking around, right? Seeing all these places, and some of them are ramen, some of them are soup, some of them too crowded. And then we walk by this little old lady who is grilling this deliciously looking chicken and it smells amazing, but... She just has a little, like a tiny little, uh, like, a, you know, she just made it herself, like no cart, no nothing. And they were like 10 baht. So to give you an idea, it's like a giant piece of chicken uh, and, on a and stick. 30 baht is a dollar. For so 20 cents, 25 cents. That's how much it was, right? So I'm just like, oh my God, let's get this right here. And what does Brent say? Oh, no, no, no. No, you, you, you got go to go to one that has a cart. And I'm like, wait, what? This is street food. And he's like, yeah, but she doesn't have a cart. She, she, if, if they don't have a cart, then then yeah, it's got to be a cart. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, so let me get this straight. This lady can't cook good because she can't afford a cart? Is that is that what's happening right now? So I just go and I'm like, whatever. Like, we can kind of keep walking. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to let Brent now let me get it. So I walk back. I buy two. Instead of realizing that I'm buying him one, he's like, oh, that was a bad move. I only would have bought one. And I'm like, it's for you, you dumbass. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he eats it. Here's the biggest shocker of all time, Mike. It was fucking delicious. Apparently, it doesn't matter if they can't afford a car.
1: I actually generally prefer my food in the lowest income situation possible, right? Like that—that's that's where good home soul food cooking comes from.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Look, it, it, it ended up being fine, but then we keep walking because we only had that little bit of chicken, right? Oh, so we want to find some more okay. stuff. This is gonna be good. So. So we walk by this sign. Now, there are two parts to this sign that make Kareem point it out. Uh, the first part is that it's sushi. So if we had walked by sushi. a sign that was sushi, he might have he might have pointed it out anyway.
2: I had been craving sushi, like, a lot because we're walking by some places that, you know, I mean, it's not like we're in Japan or anything, but Thailand's got some good sushi. So then, he lo- it, it actually is called
0: Fat Boy Sushi. So we have the <laughs> second reason Kareem would have pointed it out, because he sees a sign that says Fat Boy. So he so he's like oh my god
1: fat boy
2: sushi we have to go here we have to go here you're fat boy you like sushi at least get a picture <laughs> oh dude we and oh there's picture. so so we go okay dude In this sign by uh, the way it's not like there's a sign on the street that's like big and it's this you know fat boy sushi no 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 we were like walking by what was the equivalent of a garage in like a laundromat area everything was covered and there's like you know, you know when like you're driving down the street and there's like those kind of like plop in the grass signs that say like we buy houses yeah. or we buy gold or something. It was like that basically. It's just like Fat Boy Sushi that way. So it was like barely visible. Yeah.
0: So we get there and it is we all right. So I'm just gonna tell you what we had. We had a foie gras wagyu roll and some other things.
2: Grilled squid.
0: Grilled squid. Uh, we uh, some seaweed salad. And Kareem got a picture. Apparently it said directly behind me the name of the company. It said Fat Boy. It didn't say sushi, it just said fat boy. So he's like trying to take a picture. He's like, hey, let me get a picture. And he's like, wait, move a little bit to the left. Move a little bit more. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you making me move to the left? And he takes the picture and he shows me that it just says Fat Boy right behind my right
2: by my face. <laughs> um Yeah. And then, and then the other thing, he's like, When right? <laughs> when we were walking around, you know, you get used to you you get used to the culture and the prices so much. We walk in and we see prices that are like literally five, eight, nine times more expensive than anything we've seen. So we're like, oh my God, is this like, are we about to get ripped out? This this might be a bad decision. And then once we like actually paid the bill and did the conversion, it's like still cheaper than everything back home, even though we're like paying extra, you know? It ended up being $32 for the both of us for salad, miso, foie gras, guaii roll, grilled squid, you know, like... Not bad. And bottles of water. So oh, yeah, that was all right. So I'm going to bring us back to
0: a little bit of crypto crypto content here. I want to say one one takeaway that I got from the from the conference. Again, on top of the fact that the organizers were insane, the uh, the people that were there were not super discouraged. Like we weren't walking around. And everybody wasn't saying like, "Oh my god, prices are down, prices are down," and and having anything like that. The because of what they built and because of the reap. Because of the fact that they brought more mature pieces of the space as speakers, more mature pieces of the space as guests, and more mature pieces of the space as patrons, they the overarching theme was really positive, despite our issues with the market, which was another thing that I really appreciated. Because um, you know, as we know, like the prices are down, but we all still see more and more adoption. We see more and more good things, and the world does see that it's just the you know the 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 crypto traders on youtube might not
2: and to add on to that though or to balance that out i will also say that being around the people that actually know what they're talking about and and getting a chance to have some discussions with them actually increased my skepticism for the space at the same time not not by saying that they didn't know what they were talking about but like how like listening to them it makes you realize, actually, where if you would have asked me before, I would have said, "Oh, yeah, ninety percent of these projects are I basically have no shot. You know, they have no value. There's too much air." And now, after talking to some of these people, it almost feels like ninety five percent of these projects are like that. You know, but there's still there's still a lot of um, there's still a lot of hype in this space. There's still a lot of Um, Vaporware and things like that But at the same time there's world Changing technology being developed So it's just a really interesting dynamic where You're surrounded by crap and Also the most valuable diamonds Are in the middle of that you know
1: Yeah I mean people People have spoken about The comparison of uh, 2008 Like stock market and comparing like What some of the you know Apple and Amazon prices were At some point not that I not that I Think that um that we are necessarily going to see those types of returns This is not financial advice for sure, but we're certainly down from where we've wanted to be. And we certainly don't know if this is the bottom, but at the same time, you know, we're just accumulating and we're just grinding and that's, that's healthy. And that's the type of people we want to surround ourselves with in this space. And th- that was something I was, I was slightly concerned about. Right. And you know, it's, it's one thing to have these amazing guests. I I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Charles Hoskinson's not that concerned about the price of the markets, right? Like I, I I'm sure he's got a lot of other not things to be all. concerned about, but it, it yeah, was a like little beforehand. more concerning, possibly the other guests, right? Like, obviously I know that in this space we consider ourselves nobody, but like, I wasn't sure what the range of other guests were going to be. So to hear that they're all number one, as uh You know educated and professional as you guys say it's a super cool thing and just a huge shout out to this sponsor of this event that went out of his way to just listen to us whine a little bit and decide to (laughs) razzle dazzle us a little bit and kind of treat us with the big boys and you know even though I wasn't there in you know physical sense I I do feel like I was there in spirit and that's a really cool trip and it's really cool story
2: oh absolutely Mike and um one last shout out. I will say uh, definitely the organizer Saber. Thank you so much. And one extra little shout out to the Dutch, Dutch Giant. Giant. You are the man. The Dutch Giant is the member of Beyond Blocks that introduced Crypto Basic to their team. He was the one that heard us and took it to them and said, "Hey, listen to these guys. They're kind of funny <laughs> and they're direct." And they heard the show and liked it and. Uh, we're really thankful, and this has been an amazing experience, and it's humbling, and uh, we're really, really uh, appreciative uh, to be here.
1: All right. Anything I else? You else got, we got want the to
2: sir? It? I think that does Yeah, I don't think we even had time to put it. Yeah, we, we didn't have, have
0: time, time to do any research or anything, but we are not missing the Flagship Friday, y'all. So. Yeah, I
2: even fought with these guys. I was like, hey, we shouldn't call it Flagship. Let's call it something else, and then they like slapped me in the face. Yeah, we're like, yeah, no, fuck like, you. It's
0: not Flagship man, We're Friday.
1: putting a Flagship <laughs> out. It. It's a lot more nonsense than normal, but hey- no matter what it was, this was not financial advice. There are a couple things we'd like you to do. Guess, if you're not in our Discord server, you should join it. it. You should rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you should uh, just just be nice to your neighbors or whatever else you need to do in life.
2: Amen. Wow, man. <laughs> wow, man. All right. And uh, one also extra shout out, Mike. I know it's 1 a.m. where you are. This is the middle of the day for us. And Mike staying up late here to make sure this happens. Thank you, my friend. Being super patient while we were getting kicked out of the room. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. We're like trying to set up for the flagship, and we have to do room change, and then we have to go downstairs and upstairs. And Anyway, I know I'd be sleeping already. So
1: I you, mean, I, I could definitely be a little extra flexible while you guys are in Thailand. I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to be the fun police.
2: <laughs> Mommy. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. Yep, I'm wrapped
1: all right it's gonna do it for the friday flagship 48 my name was mike i was here with brent and kareem thanks again for tuning in wait wait wait. before we go uh i forgot to mention the the conference that uh vesta is going to in miami the bwo it's the blockchain world open i believe and you can check our twitter and discord for that robin delisser and go check it out